And here we are. We back. are back. We're not canceled. Man, stop saying you be manifesting Bro, the wrong shit. Bro, you are shit. the one who always says like, "Hey, we're not canceled." No, no, no. But you, give it time. We <laughs> we can roll back the footage. Fuck here, Every fucking episode <laughs> for the last like five weeks, you start out with some cancel shit. You manifesting it. Stop <laughs> Yo, it, bro. Stop. We good. We're it good. It is the Hot Box Podcast. E Rock Box Kev, and yes, we are not canceled. We are here. <laughs> no, we're not. But we got we got some legendary shit going legendary on. Legendary shit like, this going is, on. This is like we like we've talked about like you know when we first started we kind of made like a short list of our 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 wish list. Mm-hmm. We got one today. Yes, we sure do, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only DJ Franzen, aka Frandelay Bay. Um, I, was I, gonna, mean, I was gonna let him run down the monikers because he got. And then what else do they call you, my brother? It's too many. Bro. Too many. <laughs> Franny Vegas Jr., Fran Zanatra, Franny Pacquiao. Fran Zanatra is my Franny favorite Pacquiao. one. Franny like Pacquiao is hot, too. Um, golly, you want to go basketball? We could go Carmelo Franthony. <laughs> I love it. Football, we could go uh, Peyton Franning. Wow. Yes. You got a lot of them. I love it. Uh, one of my favorite ones is, uh, um, just like I said, the Frandelay Bay. Oh, Remember yeah. the first time I ever heard that? Yeah, that, that, was, that, was, like, that was iconic right there. You know how that happened when I moved to Vegas. Um, the radio station I used to work at, Hot 97, was right across the street from the Mandalay Bay. And I remember I, I was running some commercials at the time, went outside for a little smoke break or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the Mandalay Bay and I'm like, wow, I could really take that M off and just put the FR in front of it and call it the Frandelay Bay. And, that, and that's how that came up. Yeah, that's amazing, man. You know what's really dope about that name too is like obviously like your history started out in the Bay Area, right. so like mm-hmm. to be able to have like something that connects to Vegas and connects to the Bay Area, that's like it's ex- the perfect fucking name. That's exactly why I did that, man. It was like wow, like I actually I actually came up with that. Me and Mary Jane. Damn, like just <laughs> I love that. In that, I remember that. Cause I remember that. Uh, that studio too. That was the. It was the one right there on the strip, right? Yeah, it was right like next to McDonald's. Yeah, yeah like you could literally walk, like you know, like through this driveway and then literally bend the corner, and then like literally it's the on-air studio, like right there, right there. Didn't the like the glass studio open up, like you could see in and out? Like yes, it was, you and can. It had like yeah. bullet holes and shit in it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah it it did. <laughs> I, I think was it Sharita that was the PD at the time? Yeah, she was. I think I went there and like did like a uh, like a live like you know air check or some shit for her, and I remember I was like, damn, I think it was like her birthday weekend, but I was like, wow. This is crazy. So you're doing breaks and you're literally looking at bullet holes like right people there are, in the yeah, studio like it's, window. It's, it's interactive. It's like kind of like how people are building podcast studios now where it's like the fishbowl shit where you're sitting inside and you can mm-hmm. see outside. Like that's kind of how I it is. I was definitely now. a fishbowl. Yeah. yeah. One million percent. Yeah. So like tourists like walk up and like, you know. What? I got a story for y'all. <laughs> Please. Please. Um, so probably my second or third year uh, being an on-air jock, you know, I had the afternoon drive mm-hmm. three to seven. Uh Three to seven in the afternoon. Hold on, the I'm Frantastic not, Drive, right? The Frantastic Ride at Five. That was That's my mix what, show. Yeah, there you go. Fire. So, Fire. So, I hear this knock on the window. A limo pulls up, right? And then next thing you know, I like I see the limo pull up. I hear a knock on the window. And it's AJ from 106 and Park and Cuba Gooding Jr. Just random. And these dudes are hammered. <laughs> I'm talking about double-fisted. Heineken, a shot in one hand, and they're like, "Hey, man, we want to come on the radio with you." I'm like, "What am I gonna say? No, right? It's fucking I got, Cuba. I got AJ and Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> oh my god, come on in, come on in, yo." So, like, yeah, man, we've been listening to you for the last thirty minutes, man. You've been jamming. Uh, we just want to say what's up to the city of Las Vegas. I was like, "All right, we're gonna go on air in about five minutes." <laughs> Yo, on everything I love, bro. I don't think I've ever told you the story, E Rock. No. Because I've told you some stories before. These motherfuckers. All right, so I go on the air, I hit the mics, and they're like, hey, we're here with DJ Friends, and we're looking for some ecstasy. Oh, my oh. God. <laughs> First crack of the mic. <laughs> oh. Yo, I went straight to a song. You're like, all right, that's that. I went straight to, I, I didn't know how to react. I just, you know, hit the drop and went straight to something. Like, you just bro. looked at him like, yo, dog. I'm like, yo, we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do that. <laughs> you know what's crazy? though? was like, <laughs> you've probably got so many stories and we definitely, definitely want to get into them because like I said, you've been around for so long and 
But like, take us back to kind of to the beginning, like kind of how it all started. Obviously, your your origin in the Bay Area, yeah. how you got started in the business. Because I've talked to you many times. Like, I grew up listening to you and Trace. Like, like I said, I used to call Both in, try to us. win the Franny Fat Sacks. And yes, like, the like, Fat Sacks, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like legit. Like, the, so no, literally, up like, all night show right man, there. Yeah, I've known these two right here since they were teenagers. Legit. E yeah. Rock was an intern. At 14, 15 years old. Yeah. So that's how my career started at KMEL um, in 1990. 13 going on to, uh, 13 going on to 14. Um, it got an internship, worked my way up. By the time I was 15, uh, they ran my mix uh, like four in the morning. Wow, four yeah, in the morning? Like four, three or four in the morning. Um, I'll never forget it. Uh, and by the time I was 16, I was on the air. I remember that time. Yeah. I remember that time. I remember I used to be listening, and uh, I remember Chewy and Rosary. Yep. Used to always get on Franny's, like, you know, case about him having a, a, a crush on, what was it? Uh, Chili. Chili. From, from TLC. TLC. <laughs> yes. If there was anything that I remember growing up, I remember they used to get on his case going like, man, you got, have you talked to Chili yet? So, oh, man, working on it, working on it. <laughs> I remember they used to give you guys shit because the garage had a line of, like, I don't remember what your guys' smoking apparatus was at the time. Was the it like Gar Swiss, oh, Garcia, Garcia Vegas, Vegas? Yes. The packs oh my all God. across the garage. I forgot about that. Bro, like lined up all the way. And they used to talk about that shit all the time. Like I was like, damn, that is. Yeah, so that garage, only if that garage can talk. Ran. So much history, so much, so much sessions. Right. So many sessions. It was to the point where Trace and I had, you know, our supporters, our listeners, you know, we would talk very subliminally about right. about weed you know back then because it was still it was, it was sensitive still, back yeah, then yeah super sensitive but you know we would say shit like you know oh we're stuck on highway 420 we're stuck in traffic you know people caught on to that you know just a little subliminal shit we, yeah. would, we would say on the show and it got to the point where we'll, when we got off you know, listeners would actually meet us with joints and bongs, and that's fucking amazing. yeah, and just you know, <laughs> right we, out front, we would we would, we would bond with these listeners. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'll out front of the station. That. Yeah, out front of the station. That's incredible. Fifty-five Francisco. Yeah, that was the old. Did yeah. did management or ever like did they ever catch on or give you guys any shit oh, they, about that? They knew what was going right, on, right? But you know. I mean, we got away with a lot of shit. You guys know that. Oh, for sure. Radio was so different then. Like, you know what I mean? Super like, different. Way before. I mean, even before I got into it, like I said, as a listener, as a kid, like, you know, even like the, the stunts and shit that we talked about with Chewy, the stuff that the doghouse was doing, like radio was a wild fucking. I mean, like it was literally like some rock star shit back then. Yeah, it really was. And you got to understand that was a whole different era. Like people didn't have phones where they could mm -mm. easily access music right. by the by the touch of a button like yeah. oh i want to hear this song no you had to listen to that radio station and wait for your song to be played right and you know record what I mean? it on right. tape and hopefully, hopefully you got was it right. the hub. hopefully you hit it yeah that yeah. was the hub that was where you found out all the information on what was popping Everything. in the city mm -hmm. what was you know cool what was not cool all that like that was literally where yeah. you had to be i mean hearing biggie and tupac pass you know people would get that information from the radio if you weren't watching tv yeah. if you weren't watching mtv or or BET at the time, you know, that's how it was. Like, you got your information from the radio. And KML in that era, we were, you guys already know, oh, we were cool. like the number one radio station 100%. in the United States. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Untouchable. Yeah, it was it was it was a special time for real. Well, you kind of brought it up, and we, we talked about this when we had Chewy on the podcast. Like, what do you remember specifically about the time during the whole because obviously you have you had a personal friendship with, with Biggie and mm -hmm. you know you knew Pac obviously from from radio seeing them as kind of on top of their game and then turning into enemies and then inevitably we lost both of them to you know the stupid shit that happened between East Coast West Coast what do you remember you know, about think, that time I think the media had a lot yeah you know a lot to do with that you know mm -hmm. with the beef you know pushing it just just putting it out there like oh East Coast West Coast right um just to see where they came from, both of them, um, and to see where, you know, people still idolize them till this day. There's people that were born after they were, you know, they were gunned down that idolize them. Yeah. It just shows you how much of an impact they have on this culture. You know what I mean? Because those two were friends. Right. Yeah. They freestyled yeah. together. They, you know, 
they dated girls together. They smoked weed together. They did, they did, they did a lot of things together. together. Yeah. yeah, you know, and they were both Gemini's. You know, mm-hmm. and just to see how it went, it's just it's unfortunate because you know we live in a city right now, Las Vegas, where Tupac actually got shot at. Right. You know the 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 club I DJ at Dre's, you could literally walk to two lights going east. And there you have it. That's Flamingo and Koval. You had a really, uh, you you had a really strong relationship with Biggie. Most I definitely. I still talk to Little C's till this. Yes. Day. Yeah. You know what I mean. I remember he was on your live stream not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And then um, I remember you did a, you did a, a, a tribute. You Most know, to Biggie, and you had him telling a whole bunch of stories and stuff like that. I, mm-hmm. But I remember actually, I want to say I worked at the station at the time, where um, Biggie came in to interview with you. I was ninety. 95, 96? Yeah. Think. Yeah, I think, yeah, you were yeah, at KML I, I already. I was at KML already, and yeah. I remember you guys would literally go into the studio, and then when the commercials popped on, mm-hmm. you're going straight to that parking garage, man. <laughs> Downstairs to go smoke. <laughs> yeah, I met Biggie when I was uh, 17, 18. Yeah. And I'll never forget, it was right before Juicy blew up. Damn. It was at, you guys remember the Uno's Pizza? Yeah. Right there on, wow. ba- on Bay Street. Yep. Yeah. That's exactly where I met Biggie at. No shit. Yeah, it was a, it was a bad boy. It was actually a Big Mac. Remember, uh, Craig Mac and Biggie went on a promotional tour together called the Big Mac Tour. And I met both of them. But it was just something about Biggie Dad. Right. You know what I mean? I, I, I guess it was the weed and the music, too, because yeah. I'll never forget him, you know, playing Wu-Tang and then... Hearing the Isley Brothers song, I'm like, man. And C's at the time, he was like 14. Youngster, yeah. 15. You know what I mean? And I I remember us going to the van uh, right before our food came out to go smoke. Like, man, that's that good Cali right here. That's how the the whole relationship started. When, when, like I said, when all that kind of stuff was going on and KML was kind of at its height, you've been a part of like so many big moments there in the Bay Area. Um, like obviously like the birth of like Summer Jam and all that stuff. Oh, man. Like what do you remember about like some of those early shows and like or what are some of your like favorite Summer Jam memories? Because obviously okay. Summer Jam is a little bit different now and every student, every city. It's way different. We also, we also <laughs> got to remember KML was the first radio station in the country. To have its own show. To right. have a Summer Jam. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of my fondest memories is seeing MC Hammer with 50 people on stage. That's fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Um, seeing Tupac carrying records for Digital Underground, being a roadie, dancing with, you know, dancing with a blow-up doll. I'll never forget that. Um, what's another moment? Oh, seeing Too Short with a live band in 1991. Damn. Wow. My first time seeing a hip-hop act with a live band. Which is- and I always tell Short, you know, I, I have a great relationship with Too Short. Too right. Short's just one of those... He's the same person, never changed. Always has been, yeah. And seeing him with a live band back then, um, you don't get to see that nowadays, really, you know, as far as a hip-hop act, unless it's Jay-Z on tour, mm-hmm. you know, Drake on tour. But you don't get to see the band anymore. The mm-hmm. band is, like, somewhere behind the stage right. or under the stage. Yeah. yeah. But seeing Too Short perform with a live band, that was, like, you know, because I love live music. Right, for sure. I mean, that was back in 1991. Yes. So that was before, like, it even became a trend, really. Exactly. That's crazy right there. I remember my first uh, Summer Jam memory. It was with you, actually. I was on the street team. I want to huh. say it was 1995 or 96. But I remember I was doing hotel duty. And then... um I remember the the you, you ever done hotel duty when you had to be on the street team like a gopher like you had to go you had yeah you had to go yeah, you had to, you had to go <laughs> yeah. call that the you gopher. had to go get the artist make sure they yeah. got in the van yeah. got, got him to the venue I never then, had to do that personally but yeah so I, I I did it for like maybe like a, you know a few hours and Aaliyah was on that list and I remember we picked up Aaliyah we took her to the Concord Pavilion right this is when they moved it to Concord for a little bit remember right. that and then um, I remember. Uh, she walks through security and this and that, and actually she runs into you, and you gave her this big hug. Yeah. You gave her this big hug. So I mean, There's a I, picture floating somewhere that there I, is. I don't have mm-hmm. with Ali. I remember I was wearing my um, I was wearing my Jordan uh, North Carolina 11s. 
Yeah, I'll never forget that. But there's a picture out there that I need. Somebody's got that picture. People, if you're listening, send it over. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. The full the, the Chewy got there, his. Chewy definitely, Chewy definitely drops his every time there's like an Aaliyah anniversary or whatever. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. But I remember, you know, witnessing that moment and going like, damn. That was legendary. I right forgot there. about that. You just reminded me about that, bro. Like, yo, I remember. Yeah. I remember you giving her this, the, you know, this hug and stuff like that. And then, literally, like, what? Like, I'd say maybe like a year or two later, she had passed away. Yeah, Summer yeah. Jam's had many moments, and like, that's the thing that's dope. I mean, you know, is that we've had, we've been a part of these, and we've gotten to see them from the other side. And obviously, it's unfortunate that we've lost so many artists along the way. But to be able to hold on to those memories that not a lot of people have, you know, been able to experience is is something. Special. Here's another memory I remember mm. when Michael Erickson, oh, rest in uh, peace, rest Michael. Rest in peace, Michael. Um, he was an APD at the time. Uh, Biggie came in 95 and 96, I forget. It was at the shoreline, though. Um, and Biggie came and I gave him some weed. And Michael Erickson seen that. He's like, I'm kicking you out. You're banned from the show. No shit. Wow. Somehow it got the biggie. He's like, yo, I'm not performing unless Franz and gets back in. Wow. wow. I was I was literally banned from the show for like five, ten minutes. W what happened? Like when I mean, how do you ban I, I just don't I yeah, don't I'm know. like how do you ban Franz? He he was <laughs> he was just I guess Michael Erickson at the time, he he saw that and he got frustrated. Yeah. You know well, I mean? like it, it was a different time for weed. Right. Yeah, it, it was truly worried was. about it. It, it was a very sensitive right. time. It was like super taboo. Right. Like, super you know, taboo. You couldn't talk about it. You nah. couldn't do it in front of Even anybody. in the Bay Area, which was kind of one of the first places or was the first, you know, in the country to, to make it more socially accepted. But, Especially in Berkeley. Oh, for sure. Berkeley, <laughs> Berkeley been with the shit. <laughs> They've always been with the Shout shit. Shout out to Telegraph. Yeah, oh, man, my God. I remember going to Telegraph and thinking that it was a different world as a kid going like, damn, it smells like. Smells like just like reefer up here. I mean, we've all probably been a part of many uh, album releases at the Rasputin's right there. Where mm -hmm. I mean, everybody comes through there. That's a must. But yeah, Berkeley's. Berkeley's oh man, a, dude, that Rasputin's was amazing. Yeah, and then they used to have the Blondies right there, the pizza spot. Blondies. Blondies was amazing. Right? They had the one on Powell. Powell. That Powell. That's that's it's all gone. 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 It's gone. gone. Yeah, the, yeah. City, the city's changed, man. But I mean, I think that's a, that's a pretty good segue. You obviously did a whole lot, but. What was it like when you had that moment where, you know, you up and decided to because really you were the first one out here yeah. between everybody. I mean, you know, there were, you know, you could talk about how you were the first one to bring hip hop and all that, which I would love to hear that story because, you know, Vegas was not known for any of that. What was that like to be able to, you know, to have to transition from, you know, everything you did in the barrier to Vegas? Because that had to be how many years have you been in Vegas now? Uh, this year would be 21. See, 21 crazy. years. Yeah, I moved out here in 2001. That's fucking nuts. So, wow. Your driver's out. license can buy a drink. <laughs> pretty Legit. much. Yeah, Fuck. pretty much. In August. <laughs> in August. So um, at the time, um, I remember I'm, I'm working with Snoop on Snoop Dogg Radio. He had a syndicated show that was on like 30 different stations across uh, across the United States. And I had got this call. The crazy thing is, remember Jay Rose, our engineer? Yeah. He's the one who built the station out here. He built Hot 97 out here. Hmm. He put the studio together and everything. And he was like, hey, man, there's a there's a hip-hop and R&B station opening up out here. The very first commercial hip-hop and R&B station opening up. They need some DJs. You want to give it a shot? And I thought about it. And at the time, um, I needed change in my life. I know I, know I needed change in my life. I was like Vegas, oh man, that city is that city is dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I just I just know the city is dangerous. Um, you know, with all the uh, temptations that the city has to offer. But I was like, I'll give it a shot just to see what's going on. Um, I had an interview in July, and I moved out here in August. Myself and this uh, other DJ by the name of Mike P. We're the very first DJs on Hot 97 out here. I mean, like you said, that did that kind of open up the door for you to to get into clubs out here? Because oh, most you definitely, most had, you, you probably. How long did it take before that door opened? Because even then, even though there was the station, there uh -huh. might have not necessarily been the club opportunities because they were still very much on the on the other stuff. Exactly. Um, clubs weren't in casinos yet. The only uh -huh. club that was in a casino was Raw 
at Luxor. Okay. Shout, Shout out, out to Warren Peace. Warren Peace and Mr. Bob. Mr. Mr. Bob, B.O.B. Um, at the time, probably my first couple of months out here, uh, a club owner hit me up to DJ at this club called The Hop, Glow at The Hop. And I'll never forget this club. It was on Tropicana between Maryland Parkway and Eastern. Um, and that was my very first club I DJed at. You know, it was off the strip, but it was still, it was still a club. You know, we averaged anywhere from five five hundred to a thousand people Damn. every weekend. Holy shit! And my first time meeting Floyd Mayweather was actually at that club. This dude would come in the club and just buy out the whole, buy out the whole bar and start handing even back bottle, then. Back then, yeah, Damn. start handing bottles out to people in the club. Yeah, man. So that came about, and then all these other clubs started opening up. Um, SRO, standing room only on Flamingo, which was Suge Knight's old club, 662. The club that Tupac was on his way to when he got shot on Flamingo. Um, I DJed at that club too, um, which was SRO. That was actually the after hour spot. So after I was done at the, the hop, everybody would go to the SRO. Damn. Wow. Yeah. And that was, like I said, that was my first year in Vegas. So you essentially got it to where it was being more accepted out here they were they weren't doing it before but obviously the radio station you coming out here and having the impact opened up the doors for promoters to essentially be like you know what fuck it we're gonna do hip-hop well i know there's you know there was other clubs doing hip-hop um raw at right. the luxor mm -hmm. yeah um war and peace and mr bob they definitely played their, their share of hip-hop okay and i know there was another club out here called ice yeah um I remember which I is a little bit closer to the to the strip and they had hip-hop nights right. as well shit the building is still there yeah you're it's right it's still there that's where the i mean we when we were talking about i was out here you were out here obviously it's like all, a monument all-star weekend yeah when nba all-star weekend 2007 was out here. i'll the never unit party was supposed to be at, at ice uh-huh and the whole lloyd banks and game shit went down and i think that that party never happened or that, that might have even been the last time ice was open like but I, I mean, you're right. Did they have a TV show or something like that, like a reality show about they, like putting that club yeah. together? Yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah, but that shit was. I, I kind of want to watch that now, right? Yeah. Now that I live here, you, you know, probably, and I, you can find it. I, I mean, I see that shit on the way to undefeated, like all the time, yeah. or on the way to work, or leaving, like you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, that building is still there. And it's it, still there. It's like a fucking monument. It is. You know what I mean? They, it is. It'll Legendary. never go away. That's the very first <laughs> club I saw. I saw Cryro at. You know the the. the, the Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that what they, that's what they call it, right? Uh, cryo, 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 cryo. When I say cryo, I was like Kygo, <laughs> a little tropical like, house I was DJ. Like, Kygo was like, DJing no. back then. Kygo, that's crazy. He was like yeah. twenty-one years old. Damn. Yeah, that's the very first club I've seen that at. What's the? Uh, when did it start to transition into you being able to DJ inside the casinos? Because I remember, and this couldn't, this might have not been the first. What was the one? Was it poetry? Poetry. That was inside Caesars? Yes. Where like the, it's like John Varvatos now or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. OPM <laughs> yeah. Poetry. Yeah. Yes. That, that, I remember coming out here for that and, and, and being there for those, man, those were crazy. That was actually, my memory, that was my first residency yeah. inside of a, well, it wasn't in the casino, it was in forum in shops. In the forum shops, yeah. But still technically, technically yeah. yeah, it is still in the casino. Yeah. Yeah, that was like 05, 06. Yeah, that was popping. Those, Man, I mean, that was like my early Vegas years. Before I knew anything about Vegas, I would literally take a flight out of here. Yeah. And I would pop up literally like you used to park in the back. Yeah. And I would meet you in the back. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And yes. we would walk to that back entrance and then it would be the DJ booth like in the middle of the dance floor. Yep. Like this is like before table service was oh, like yeah. really popping or anything. Like facts, dude. That was fucking, that venue was dope. I had it was I, dope. I, I, that was, was like not, when I first started coming out here. And, it was and, not that big, but it was no. it was definitely a vibe in there. E forty did his birthday there once. I e40 think I was, did yeah. his birthday. He had Snoop perform. I'll never forget that. That was crazy. And I speaking think, of speaking of E forty, um, on Sunday nights we used to do a, a Bay Area night. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I remember that. Like the start I used to, I used to come out movement. for that. Yeah. yeah, I used to come out. So for that. many people from the Bay would fly out Sundays and just party. So that was uh, the original Sundays, essentially yeah. the first Sunday hip hop party that was really actually wow. You know what? You guys just wow. Another memory just came back. Actually, the very first residency I had was at the House of Blues every other Sunday night. Oh, it was a party called Juice, and that was that was a hip hop night. Shout out to Ramon Mata and Brian Affronti because they were actually the people who believed uh, 
in hip hop on a Sunday night, and they brought me in to DJ every other Sunday night. Wow, that was like in oh three. Wow, damn. Okay, so oh three. It didn't last that long. It didn't right. even last for a year. Um, but yeah, that was actually my first resident residency inside of a, a casino. And then and it transitioned into the OPM poetry. Like, yeah. yeah, I remember mm-hmm. I came, the f- craziest, I mean, like, that's just goes to show you how crazy Vegas could be. I think it was literally my first time coming out here to the, like, doing the club shit. It was me and Amen. We came up. We drove from L.A. I think we were in L.A. for, like, some, I think, of like, the Bum Squad retreat or some shit. We uh-huh. were down there for that. He was like, come to Vegas. I'm DJing tomorrow night. We were all there. And I think, yeah, it was like Too Short was there. Mike Tyson rolls up. Yeah. Mike Tyson's there. And you're just like, this Good is dude. some classic. So, this is some fucking Vegas shit right here. Yeah. Like, damn, like only in Vegas can you just be at a party where Too Short and Mike Tyson are just hanging out. Like, Mike Tyson's actually one of the first, one of the first, let's see, first 10 people I've met in Vegas. No shit. Yeah. And I'll never forget, um, uh, at that time, UFC was really big. Yeah. Tito Ortiz yeah. was like the man. Mm-hmm. And Chuck Liddell. Chuck it was Liddell. Around that time, yeah. yeah, it was around that time. And Mike was like, "I'm coming to pick you up. We're going. To, we're going right across the street to the Mandalay Bay. We're going to the UFC fight. I've never been to a UFC fight in my life. And here I am, um, headed to the fight with Mike Tyson. I'm like, this shit's about to get crazy. I'm walking in." <laughs> The Mandalay Bay Event Center with right. Mike Tyson. Right. My first my first experience ever going to a UFC fight. And here we are. We walk in and everybody's like, Mike, Mike. Immediately, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. I'll say there's probably not too many people who could get that kind of crazy reaction like Mike Tyson, especially in Vegas. The, I mean, he literally. He lives out here, right? Um, or he did for a long time. I think he still has time. a spot. But at the time I met him, he still had that house over there by, by uh Way noon spot on yeah. Tamiyasu, mm-hmm. right by the airport, with the White Tigers. Yeah, with the with the Tigers, and I think like someone like, didn't someone like steal the tiger or something, or is that in the Bitch, movie? I think <laughs> that was in the movie, bro. That was legit in the movie. I, I was like, yo, tried. wait, or is that the movie? Is that Hangover? They tried to steal. They yeah, tried to steal tried the tiger. To steal it. Yeah. you got to be a wild motherfucker to try to go steal yo, a tiger. Yo, it's from Mike Tyson's, Mike Tyson's house. House. It's like yeah. if the tiger don't get you, like I don't know which one I'd be more afraid of, like the, <laughs> the fucking tiger getting me or Mike Tyson getting me. Like that's some. You got to be crazy to do that. So OPM poetry had its run, you know, obviously like, you know, first hip hop club in Vegas, it closes down. And then I remember you had a, you had a stint where you actually took these parties, you know, and, and, and converted them to private parties inside of hotel suites at yes, the Palms. The sweet, sweet parties. Sweet parties. I remember yeah. you would invite me to those things and I would literally pull up for maybe about a good, like, you know, 30, 40 minutes. I would have to leave. It would be just insane. And I would just be too fucked up to even be even <laughs> comprehend anything going on. That was back in those Patron days. Oh mm. my god! Yeah, Patron, Patron bottles time. ever. The fifty Pons- bottles of Patron. The Pons- parties were popular. How long did you do that for, though? Because that was before Dre's and everything. Yeah, and that, that that was even how you met Drake, I believe. Correct. Um, actually, no, I met Drake through some friends uh, from Crooks and Castles. Oh wow! Yeah, but Drake, um, Drake found out I was doing these parties, so when he would come out to Vegas, uh, his first time to Vegas, like, yo, I heard about your parties. When's your next one? <laughs> <laughs> so I invited him to one, and he got hooked. We did so many of those parties. Um, and that was at a time where where they banned me from from the Strip, remember? Mm-hmm. It was like, I was at the time when EDM was on its way up, and there was no hip-hop. No hip hop on the strip. It was like when like Swedish House Mafia and like mm-hmm. Dead Mouse and like those were like the names that right. that were like you know that that were getting the dates yeah. on the strip. Tiesto yeah. was at the Palms. Yeah, playing vinyl. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'll never forget that. But yeah, those those sweet parties were legendary because I I did parties for everybody. Um, Drake, Rick Ross, Jeezy. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Justin Bieber when he was with Selena Gomez. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, the list goes on, but those were some legendary parties. And I remember Summer League, Summer League 2000, golly, it was 2007, 2008, get a knock at the door. And, you know, I'm very strict about who I let in the party because I want everybody to 
be comfortable. Feel safe, right. And we don't want anybody coming into the party that we don't know. Right. We don't know who this motherfucker is. Like It's curated, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's a private party. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of females, too. The race show was always crazy. But it's Steph Curry, and he's out here for the Summer League. Damn. Damn. And Summer League is a time where, where the rookies – Get to show off what they're doing, and at the yeah. same time, like it's you know, their they training to, camp. Yeah, it's their boot camp. You know what I mean? Right. So I'll this is f- like early on. Yeah, this is this is you know right before his rookie year. Actually, 07. Yeah, it must have been because oh seven. So he walks in. Um, I'm like Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah, I know. He plays for Davidson. You know, that's um Del Curry's son. I was like, yeah, let him in. I think he's going to the Warriors, and actually playing for the Warriors for summer league. And I remember telling him, man, you gotta. You got a good shot on you, bro. You might be rookie of the year, but it was it was actually who was rookie of the year that year? Golly. Blake Griffin? No, nah, it wasn't Blake. It was um dude who played for the Kings, Sacramento Kings. Oh, uh Ah, goddamn it. Uh Tyreek yeah, Tyreek. Tyreek. That's him. That's him. Evans, Tyreek Evans. Yep, there that's you go. him. Wait, is it Tyreek Evans? Yeah, Tyreek Evans. That's him. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's Tyreek Evans. We see how that is. But, I mean, look where Steph Curry's at now. Right. One's one's still playing right now, about to (laughs) hopefully win his fourth ring. Yeah. 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 On his way. That's Um, crazy. And I'll never forget, um, at that time, nobody knew who he was. And he was checking out the room. He's like, man, you got a stripper pole in here inside the shower? (laughs) (laughs) How do you do these parties? I'm like, you know, we we know people here at the – at the uh, at the hotel, and they let us get away with stuff like this. Like, hey man, I want to do one of these parties one day, and but it never happens. You got to call, <laughs> call in that favor now. I'm like, hey Steph, you still want to do that? <laughs> Palms so, is back open. So you mentioned, you know, that you were banned from the strip. Uh huh. Why was that? I mean, you know, we talked about how, like, you know, the EDM bubble was uh-huh. like, you know, that was like kind of flourishing at the time. And then clubs started like pulling back on hip hop, you know. But what I do appreciate more than anything was that, like, even though that, you know, you were per se banned, uh-huh. you know, you still created your own platform. Definitely. And that platform still reigns today more than anything. And we're like, trying to actually bring those parties back since the Palms is back open again. Yo, so. and, and, and dude, th- that that is legendary in itself. Like, you know, just to um, just to even hear that, you know what I mean? But like, how did it feel, though, to be like, you know, literally that face of hip hop out here and not necessarily have a platform, but, you know, you had to create your own. Um, You know, at the time I was like, man, I got to. I got to do something because I can't DJ on the strip. Right. So that's when the when the light bulb went on. I was like, I got to do these on a more major scale. You know, because at the time when I started the Sweet Parties, I was still at OPM, at Poetry. Mm-hmm. But at the time when I couldn't DJ on the strip because of hip hop, I was like, man, we got to get the bigger suites now. So that's when we started getting the Hardwood Suite the bowling alley suites, the villas, yeah, um, even the penthouses at the Palms Place, even the one with the bowling alley and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. yeah. So that's when it, that's when it really like got to that next level where artists would hear about it, and when they were in town, they would hire me to, you know, do the sound and and DJ the whole thing, and like I, they wanted their own experience. Oh, they most wanted definitely. their own sweet party. Most definitely. Yeah. I remember um, weekend is you know his early years. For the very first time in Vegas, he was like, yo, let's do one of those sweet parties you do. And he rented out the hardwood suite. And it was just history from there. Like, he, he always wants to do a party now. I was about to say, <laughs> they're out here a lot. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, they, they touch down and this automatic. You got you to gotta check in. Yeah. I mean, these parties are so legendary that Drake talks about them in his albums. I mean... Every album, you get a shout out. I love that. Not every album. <laughs> Not every album, but <laughs> two albums. Oh, but yeah, like two two albums. Know. Two I mean, albums. You know, light flex right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the first time uh, when he uh, came out here for his birthday, which was 2011, he recorded a motto actually at my studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about the cribbo, and that's what the studio is. That was the studio at the Cribbo. Um, and I remember that time he was like, yo, I got to use the studio because I got to record a hook for Rick Ross, which was Dice Pineapples. Wow. Wow. And he went to his laptop. I'll never forget this moment. He's going through some beats 
and he plays the mono beat. I'm like, man, that sounds like a West Coast Bay Area beat. He's like, yeah, you like that? I'm like, bro, that shit is knocking. I was like, you gotta, you gotta use that. You gotta pull that up right now. He's like, so he plays the instrumental. He's like, yo, you got your computer here? I was like, yeah. Can you play me some Mac Dre songs? So I played Get Stupid. I played Stupid Doo Doo Dumb, Thizzle Dance, and then Feeling Myself. Mm-hmm. The reference to Feeling Myself on the motto, uh, rest in peace, Mac Dre, I'm going to do it for the Bay. Right. He actually said that because he heard Feeling Myself right before he recorded his verse. And I shit you not, he, he did that verse in one take, and he wrote those lyrics probably – Within that first verse, within 15 minutes, tops. Crazy. Yeah, tops. So for all the people out there that think Drake doesn't write his own (laughs) fucking songs, first of all, you're still stupid. You heard it here first. You heard it here fucking first. On his Blackberry. Damn. Yeah. He used to write all his songs. on. I've seen Drake write multiple songs on his Blackberry, but just to see it like right in front of me with, he put my name in his song. So I'm really tripping now. And I didn't know he put my name in the song until I heard him live in the booth recording it. Damn. It's not like he said, yo, I put your name in the song. He's just writing the record. He just wrote the record, went in the booth, recorded it. That's love. And the rest is history. And I'll say, that's what makes that shit so dope is like, you know, it's one thing to get a shout out or whatever, but on a record that became so fucking big. It was like number one on Billboard. Yeah, it went number one and you could still play that record till this day. Right. Classic you know I mean? works works always. Yeah, especially Classic. I mean, obviously, like you said, especially in the Bay and, Area. And the uh, the video was was filmed in the Bay. That's right, they did right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I want to say he got like forty, forty like five. Yeah. yeah, he had everybody out there. Yeah, he had everybody out there, man. I mean, it's great to see, like you know, um, well, it was great to see, like you know, obviously, you know, Drake paying homage to like you know the Bay and the origin of that record yeah. and, and and whatnot. How did it feel though when when um. Because I, I recall this moment really, really, really clearly was when um, when the Warriors are playing the Raptors and yeah. on social media, he was just gunning for literally anybody he knew from the Bay Area, 40, yeah. Franny. And I was just that like, mean, oh, my that, that God. video lives still the on the yeah, internet. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, yeah, yo, yeah, he yeah, still yeah. gets a troll moment <laughs> for that every time. He still throws it out every once Yo, my time. phone blew up like, yo, Drake just shouted you out on, on Instagram. You and 40, but he was talking shit. I was like, man, I got, I got to see this. I got to see this. It was it was a legendary moment for me, definitely. Yeah. I mean, did you pick up the phone and go like, yo, man. What, oh, I FaceTimed him. <laughs> What's this about? Like, for real. <laughs> but, you know, it's all fun and games. You know how sports, sports is right. very competitive. No, for sure. And he's, he's one of those guys that represents his city of Toronto very, very much so. Like, anything Toronto. Raptors, mm-hmm. the Maple Leafs, like he's going off right now in Tampa Bay. Right. Um, yesterday he put some some meme up there, like "Good night, Tampa." <laughs> I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, yeah. I mean? you got like 40. 40's the ambassador of the Bay for a reason. You're gonna catch him at every Niner game. You're gonna Front catch him 40. at every Warrior game. Front row forty. Catch, yeah, yeah, I mean, like that's that's what he does. That's what that's what you're supposed to do. We do the sweet parties. They become super legendary, and then Dre's opens. Yeah. Tell us about that real quick. Um, it was and you've a, been there for quite a yeah quite my, a long time. My now. longest residency ever at a nightclub. Let's keep Good. going. Going on eight years. Um, the end of 2014, beginning of 2015, um, they started you know the Sunday night hip hop party. Mm-hmm. You know they would have a bunch of different DJs though. Um, and Brian Affronti, BA, BA, BA one time. Here we go. Let's take it back to 2003. He believed in me when when Juice at House of Blues, the hip-hop party, back in 03. Um, so it's like full circle. He's like, man, I want to have you, you know, guest DJ over here a couple times. I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. So it was the first Sunday night of 2015. I'll never forget it. He wanted me on, like, earlier. He wanted me on, like, a couple of months before, but... So I had prior engagements on a Sunday. Um, so I finally did it and he was like, We gotta get you we gotta get you to open for the EDM DJs. I'm like, I'm not gonna open for the EDM DJs. Because you gotta understand, on Fridays and Saturdays, um, they would have, you know, uh EDM DJs headline 
people like um who's like Mock J. Yeah, I was about to say that um, Mac J from OC. Um, who else? It was like more so like the second tier mm-hmm. EDM DJs. It wasn't like the big names. Yeah. And they would have me open. I'm like, I'm not open unless I play, you know, hip hop and R and B. They're like, Yeah, do you. So that's exactly what happened. And Victor Dre, the owner of Dre's, see me DJ open one night. He's like, This is our DJ for Sunday night. He's the one who DJed for Sunday night for for the hip hop night. All right. I want him here every weekend. So I thought about it. I was like, I don't want to burn myself out. But then I thought about it deeper. I was like, it's not the same crowd every mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-mm. People from out of town. It's a destination party. Yeah. People from out of town every single weekend. So I'm not going to have the same crowd. It's not like I'm, you know, back home in the Bay. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, where you see some of the same people every single week. I was like, you know, I'll do it. It's a challenge for me. And, you know, the rest is history. I'm still there. And how many years is that now? Um, 2015 to... 2015. Shit. This January will be eight years. That's crazy. Eight years. Yeah. What? What? At what moment, because obviously Dre's then compared to what Dre's is now is probably in two different places. When did you see that this was like, oh, God, like we really got something here? Okay. So when we when they started switching up um, artists on on Fridays and Saturdays. And giving them you guys on Sundays. Exactly. Um, Chris Brown, Weekend, uh, you know, Future. Right. You know, just certain artists that would come in on Fridays and Saturdays. Like, oh, this is turning into a hip-hop nightclub. And, you know, that's what it is now. I mean, it's the biggest hip-hop nightclub in the country. Period. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Unrivaled. Yeah. It, it, I mean, especially like you said, it's been going on for eight years now. Everybody that you can imagine has done Dre's or been to Dre's. Mm-hmm. And I get it now because, you know, now that I live out here and I've only been out here six months, like you, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, it's the gift and the curse. Like, yeah, you're in Vegas, but then also like every weekend your phone probably goes crazy. Like every weekend, so like you know, what I mean, like I've experienced oh, he's got that the now. best response. That's what I'm saying. And I'm, goes crazy. I'm like, I'm only been out here six months, but I have, you know, like people hit me up, like, yeah, hey, I'm in town this weekend. I'm like, cool, go have fun. Yeah, like, you know right. what I mean. Like, there's always there's always I can't someone to host somebody every weekend. Like, I just can't. Like, and you've been out here for doing this shit for so long, and I mean, like, how does that even like? I know how to handle it now. Yeah. You know, at first it was overwhelming, but I know how to handle it now. Per se, like. For instance, this weekend is a big weekend in Vegas. Right. My phone's been going off for the last week. Oh, we're coming to Vegas for lovers and friends. You know, are you at Dre's? Of course I'm at Dre's. (laughs) Can you get us a table? LOL. LOL. (laughs) I'm not a host. I'm a DJ. But I got, you know, I could send you that link. Yeah. You know, I'll send you the link and and send you to a very nice host who could, you know, hook you up with a couple of bottles for a little bit of something. Right. But man, I, as I said, like I, I told you, rock this. I'm like, dude, I get it now. Like, like I said, yeah. I've only been out here six months, and it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like this is this is where we live. It's different. Like it's, you know, what I mean, like there's there's the playground side of Vegas, and then there's the life part of it, and that's your job at the end of the day. And granted, there's a little bit of overlap there, but like you got to pick your battles. Yeah, smart. you know what I mean. You got to like, be smart when you pick your battles. Right. Out here, the you crazy know? thing is, people think everybody who lives in Vegas lives on the strip. There's two over two million people that live out here. Right. Think the strip is gonna fit two million people? No. Not the locals. No. There's so much more to that. And outside of you working, like how often do you really even go to the strip? You know I don't. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I don't. I rarely <laughs> do. don't. Like you, I mean, it is might, equivalent. Right. You might go out there for like a dinner or something. Like I said, yeah. the only times I've been to the strip is because people have been in town. Right. Like or I got I a drag friend you in out. town or you drag me out. Like right. I got a friend in town, like, oh, they want to go to dinner. I right, fine, we'll go do the the Hell's Kitchen or whatever the fucking tourist traps are, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, sure. I mean, yeah. it's it's equivalent to like literally when we lived in the Bay and going to Pier Thirty Nine. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, who the fuck goes to Pier Thirty Nine when been you Alcatraz. live in San Francisco? Yeah. Well, I've been on a field trip. Right. That's what I said. I went. Once, I was like fifth grade. I went once when I was like twenty, <laughs> and that was because I had family from Baltimore that that they wanted to go. But like, we just don't do certain stuff. You like know, that. living in Vegas, I've been to Pier Thirty Nine more times than. When I did live in the Bay. Now, we're going back. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, going back. For real. Yeah. I actually see my cousins more 
out here than I do when I lived in the Bay, down the street from them. Facts. In the East Bay. Yeah. Why? Because they're always in town now. Right. Everybody. everybody they got a place to stay, apparently. Everybody's. And I always, I hit them with the same response. Hit me when you get to the hotel. Hit me when you get to the hotel. Hit me when you check in. (laughs) (laughs) They all get the same generic ass response. Hit me when you check in. Yeah. Oh, dope. That's what's up. Let me know when you get settled in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What would you say is is one of your favorite things, though, about living in Vegas, though? I would say we're spoiled out here. You know, it's easy living. Traffic is not as bad. Right. We do have a little bit of traffic here and there. Um, A lot of things are open 24 hours. Pre COVID, though. A lot of things were open 24 hours. Um, I've always said that Vegas won't be 100% back until the Super Walmart is open, back open 24 hours. And right now it's not. It's not. Not yet. Shit. Right. We were spoiled. We were spoiled. There were five-star restaurants open 24 Man. hours. You could get sushi out here 24 hours. Um, and that's definitely an advantage we have. There's always something to do out here. Always. Every yeah. The city is always alive. It's never like when you go to a different city and you're like walking around and checking out the scenery, all the lights are shut off. Out here, the lights never go off. Never. You walk into a casino, you'll never see a clock on the wall. You'll Actually, never. Actually, yo, I, I just realized that right now. <laughs> Ever. They, that's that's the right now. They talk that's how it's designed. Yeah, you know what I mean? You'll purpose. never see. They want to keep you in. Not you'll out never see sunlight going into a casino. Nope. You know what's something else that I realized before I moved here? They took out all the weight, like all the scales that they used to have in the bathroom. Stay in a hotel. You will not find a scale in the bathroom anymore. Damn. I never tripped on majority Majority hotels. I never tripped They didn't have it in Mandalay Bay, Delano, MGM. I couldn't find a scale. I would wow. love one. If you out here, you don't want to you don't want no yeah, yeah. You, you, you don't want to keep track <laughs> no. of like, you know, Definitely how much not. you weigh. Right. Like, yeah, I probably gained five pounds no. in one Easily. fucking day out Easily. here, you know? No. You yeah. guys are talking about gaining weight. That's another thing I love about Vegas. We have some gems out here as far as food goes. Mm-hmm. We have some amazing restaurants. And I'm not talking about the the restaurants you guys hear on the strip. Right. You know, the Hell's Kitchen, like right. you said, the STKs. There's moms and pops restaurants out here that Everywhere. are five star so quality. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. Well, We're if, spoiled. Since you kind of brought it up, and you don't have to give them out if you don't want to, like, blow up your own spots. I get it. <laughs> but, like, we've talked about, like, there's certain things. There's a lot of stuff that Vegas offers that the Bay Area doesn't, but there's, like, those staple things in the Bay Area that, like, I haven't found out here. Like, oh, yeah. you can't get the, a good burrito that I've experienced, like a mission-style burrito. You know what I mean? You know what's crazy? I just finally, after 20 years, see? What? I finally found a good burrito spot in Vegas. Really? And it's right by the radio station I used to work at. Okay. We'll, we'll talk okay. about it off it's air. It's a we don't Mexican <laughs> Filipino fusion spot. Like a senior Get out of here. Yeah. Are you serious? Popping. The only thing they don't have is garlic rice. We need to put them up on that. Are they from okay. the Are they from the Bay, or did you? They're actually from San Diego. Okay, so they got some. You're right though. Before that, I couldn't find a good burrito no. out here. And that in a like a deli sandwich, like you know, we grew up on the Roxy's and the okay. little Lucas. They okay. don't got those. I ain't found one. There's a couple of Italian spots out here. Okay, um, Italian delis. Okay, that have some amazing sandwiches. Okay, but as far as you know, the Roxy's and West Portal Sub Center. Yep. yep. Yeah, you won't. You won't. Little West Lucas. Portal. Oh, that garlic sauce at Little Lucas is a movie. I'm saying. Oh man, now I'm hungry. See. Yeah, you won't find. <laughs> and of course, the crazy thing is. One of my favorite restaurants in the world is Thang Long Crustaceans, yep, yep. Um, you know, from San Francisco. And we had one here for maybe less than a year. Was it a Thang Long or like a... It was It was a Crustaceans, owners? actually. Okay. Um, it was at Planet Hollywood, but it was at a bad location. So they shut it down. How was it, though? Did it compare? Oh, it was pretty good. Was it? Yeah, it was pretty good. They had the Dungeness Crab, the garlic noodles. Have you thing. found crab like, like that since? Out here in Vegas? Out here in Vegas. If mm-hmm. not, I have a place. You ever heard of Japanero? Oh, is that right here on um, like it, on it, the rainbow? Yeah, it's off the strip. But Wait, I went there crab? the other day. Oh my! It's this garlic crab that is just—it's like fire. It's like ninety. Shit. Yeah, it's ninety-eight dollars just for the plate itself. Does it come damn. with garlic noodles? Yeah, no, no garlic noodles. God damn. But the crab bucks. is <laughs> fucking insane. Ninety-eight bucks. Yes. Taxing in Vegas. Jesus Christ! Oh you? no, it's worth it. Is it's it? worth it. Is yeah, it it's worth it. Yes, it's Dungeness. Okay. All right. It's worth to, it. Japanero. I'm telling you. Yeah, I, I've been there before. Oh, my God. They have those cod and, and, and sea bass lettuce wraps mm-hmm. that I love. I know exactly. What, it's a late night spot, too. They're open, yeah, they're right open till, late. Until 3 a.m. Yeah. I got to try that crab, though. 
Yeah, Yo, the crab is insane, bro. Because I remember when uh, when I used to come out here as a young sprite, and I try to learn the ropes, you know, in Vegas. Obviously, I fucking oh man, we've got a great story actually. I remember I had a meltdown at his house one time. Oh shit! <laughs> Do you remember that at all? Wait, remind me. I, I think like I, I I went to I went to OPM or poetry with you, and then I remember that uh, I got a little bit too tipsy. I got way too drunk, and I think I lost you. Right. Oh shit! I do remember that. I this is before GPS. This is before like literally like you know maps or anything. Right. Like, this is before iPhones. Yeah. That's how long ago this was. But I remember I lost him. I went somewhere and ended up at an after hours by myself. No idea who the hell I was with. But I got so drunk I ended up sleeping in front of the Luxor. Damn. There's like oh, you, you know had the full Vegas experience. Oh man, that was the hangover experience of <laughs> of a lifetime. But I remember. I, I woke up and I was like so like fucking I was just like out of my mind and I got get in the cab. I get back to your house. I fall asleep and I remember I hit Fred C. I was like, hey bro, you gotta take me to the airport. I can't handle it out here. <laughs> Vegas will do that to Vegas you. Vegas will do that to you. Vegas. I fell asleep in front of the Luxor in underneath, like literally like a like an atrium of bushes. Damn. Oh man. Bro. Yeah, I've never done that. Before. Now I live here. That, yeah, I'm saying that. You still do that, though. No, I don't. Yeah. Absolutely not. Get you on a back-to-back where you're at daylight, you and then you got a party. Out. <laughs> nah, 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 fuck that. <laughs> if you on a back-to-back night where you got daylight, and then you doing a night party, nah. you're toast, bro. I'm going home. I've been there. I've I seen go home. it. Yeah, but I've went home. Yeah. I will not fall asleep. You definitely have to pace yourself in Vegas. That's yeah. one thing that people have to realize, because especially during the summertime. Oh, man. You got to understand, people go to pool parties. Yeah. And then they want to have dinner, drinking all day, right? All day. Pool parties, dinner, and they get ready for the club. They're drinking at the club. Then you go to then after, after hours. After hours, and then you want to go to a strip club, mm -hmm. get like an hour or two of, of sleep, go back, do it all over again. again. I've, I've seen people oh, do yeah. it. I've seen you can't people. do it no more. You got to pace yourself. Well, you, you kind of talked about it when you were talking about like Vegas, the lights never shut off. And we weren't out here at the time, but... What was it like when Vegas kind of went through COVID? And obviously oh, you man. transitioned well, which I definitely, you know, man, what you've done with, with Twitch is out of this fucking world, which was obviously a great avenue for you to keep, you know, obviously the mind and everything. But like, what was Vegas like at that time? And how did you have to, you know? It was definitely a trip. I remember um, I told myself, I want to drive down a strip right quick and just, just experience this with all the lights off. Right. And I remember, it's on my phone somewhere. I have the footage on my phone. Just seeing all the lights off and nobody on the strip. It was a Look very a eerie, yeah. very eerie feeling. You know what I mean? And that was like at the end of March, beginning of April, when everything started. Okay. Just to know the strip was kind of in that position for months was a crazy experience. And... You know, I never really left the house, you know, during that time. Right. Yeah. Because of, you know, what transpired. But like you said, the whole thing with, you know, getting your mental together, thanks to E-Rock. Um, actually, he was one of the first people to really, like, yo, you, you got to get on Twitch. And you got to understand, I've been streaming for a long time since you stream days. Yeah. Frandora. You know, Frandora. Frandora, yeah. Yeah. Um, you that. know, 08, 09. So streaming on the internet wasn't new to me. Right. But this platform was just crazy because it was a gaming platform. Right. I'm like, what? They're letting us play music? Oh, this is amazing. They let us make our own emojis called emotes. I'm like, this is crazy. It was just, you know, how that transpired was just a blessing. For and, real. And you haven't stopped, even though the clubs are back open. And oh, I bring though, it to the club with me. Right. Yeah. How many days, like, you know, straight, have you done it? How, um, what? I did it for 500 nights in a row. That's 500 crazy. nights in a row? Yeah, 500 nights. That's like a year and a half plus. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I did it. I did it. Damn. I, I thought I was only going to do like a year, mm -hmm. 365. That was really my goal was to do 100, 100 nights in a row. Let's see if I could do 100 nights in a row. And at that time, we probably thought COVID was going to be over in 100 days. We're like, oh, oh I thought it was going to be over in two right? weeks. I mean, we, all, we all thought it. Oh, then. we're back to working like, you know, three, four months. Yeah. Nah. nah. Two years. Yeah, damn near two years. Right. Crazy. Um, but it, it was truly a blessing. You know, we've, uh, all the DJs, we've created a community on Twitch yeah. from people all over the world. Right. You know, and just to see these, 
different races from different places except the music that you're playing it's amazing you know and a lot of the djs don't really take requests on there mm -hmm. so you're kind of on their journey as far as music goes and they really fuck with the movement right you know so it's definitely a blessing and that's why i told myself i'll never ditch the community um it's something we created and it's something that i'll never leave What's, what's your schedule like now? Like, do you have a consistent set schedule or is it kind of? Um, I make sure I'm on Mondays, which is my R&B night, which nights, is yeah. ladies night. Fire. Mm -hmm. I make sure that I'm on Thursdays for throwback Thursdays yep. because, you know, the whole 90s era, I grew up. Yep. Like, a lot of those songs I play. You like broke those records. Yeah, right. exactly. And I have stories behind those yep. records. Um, and on Sunday nights, I do um, like a 70s and 80s vibes, kind of what Chewy was doing on, on Sundays. Yep. Kind of like an Art, Art LeBeau feel. Yeah, yeah. You know, because... A lot of the a lot of the music that we hear um from the nineties and the early two thousands were influenced by artists from the seventies and eighties. You know what I mean? Amazing. A lot of those samples, right. a lot of those originals. Love that shit. Yeah. So that's and that's that's what's you know so dope is like to be able to hear the records and then where the origin is from, because I think we're pretty much all in agreement that Music's in a very different place nowadays. You know Most what I mean? Definitely. My uh, God. I'm not going to say one way or the other. Let's just say it's in a different <laughs> place. You know what I mean? But like those gems, like when you get to pop in and hear like, you know, the the, the 90s shit, the shit that we kind of grew up on, like it still just hits so fucking different, man. Like, Super different. It's nostalgic. It's the reaction. I mean, I could play Juicy by Biggie. Still goes off. Oh, still till this right. day. You could really feel it like when they're singing the lyrics. When they're dancing, it's just a different feeling. And what makes me feel amazing is when I'm like, yo, where the 90s babies at that really fuck with the 90s music? And they're really out there, right. you know? And it just shows you that music can educate people as well because, you know, a lot of the, the newer generation, they're thinking, oh, these are all originals. No, these aren't originals. You know, you, you could school people with music. The education behind music is amazing. Um, per se, you have the Lauryn Hill record, mm. um, X Factor, mm. and then you play a Drake, uh, Nice for What. You know, the majority of these kids, unless they're getting schooled by their parents or yep. their elders, don't know that, that Lauryn Hill is the original to this Drake. Right. Because I've heard it, oh, that's where they got that from Drake. Right. You know, a, a, a younger kid would hear the Lauryn Hill like oh they got that from drake when yeah. really it's the other way around right and that's like kind of us like you know when we were when we were learning about the 90s records and then like you know for me as a kid obviously like i didn't know but that's the shit my parents were listening to they're yes. like oh i know that song i'm like what do you mean this is brand new I'm like nah this is, that's how i learned about yeah. it yeah like so my dad would do that shit to right? me all the time you know what i yeah. mean like you hear like the you know samples or like even uh, like at your best Aaliyah's record like that was a complete remake, remake like, that right. was, i thought exactly. that was an original record i was like nah that's not a you know what I mean? Like, the, it's kind of cool to see that some of the artists, now some of it is done uh, distastefully, but, you know what I mean? There's a lot of... <laughs> I agree. You know what I mean? There is like, you got you got, you got to do oh, it in a way man. where, it, you know what I mean? It's like, it, you're still paying homage, but, but but making your own, it's not a complete, you know, a complete rip, but yeah, man, it, it's, it's, it's kind of just the era that we fucking live in now, so. For sure, for sure. There, there was one thing that I, I wanted to make sure that we highlighted, like, you know, in this conversation, and, and it's... Uh, it's got to be an honor to have the key to the city here. Man. The key yeah. to the city to Las Vegas and have a day. Yeah. A proclamation. Yeah. That literally, you know, cites that it's DJ Franz Day. What day is that? Um, That's May 28th. Wow. Coming up. Yeah. It's coming up. Memorial Day weekend. It is. It is. It is coming up. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. May 28th. How, how did that whole entire thing, like, you know, transpire? Like, you know, over the years, um, being in Vegas, I've done a lot of stuff for the community. Um, especially, you know, during the holidays. And a good friend of mine by the name of Lawrence Weekly, um, who works with, with the city of Las Vegas, you know, he he's the he's the my go to person as as far as, you know, doing community work. Mm -hmm. And whether it be Christmas giving bikes to the kids or, you know, Thanksgiving, giving turkeys to the family, whatever it is, he was my go to guy. And I remember, was it my first year at Dre's? My first or second year at Dre's, right before my birthday, I had invited him to Dre's because it was my, like my birthday weekend. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I got a little surprise for you. 
Wow. And he came with a proclamation signed by the mayor, signed by him, by all the different council That's people. Amazing. Yeah. And I, I was speechless. I didn't even know what to say. <laughs> That's really. incredible, though. Yeah. I mean, that makes I me for- emotional. I, I forget yeah. about that sometimes. You know, I'm humbled by it, though, yeah. mm-hmm. to the utmost. You know, knowing that Vegas has a DJ Franz in there. It's crazy. It's Bro, great. That's, <laughs> it's amazing. That's fucking amazing. Literally. Yeah. We need to like, celebrate it every single year. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, just you know? like you said, it just speaks to everything that you've done, not just, you know, musically and on, you know, kind of the avenue that we're, we're used to seeing you in, but all the community work and everything. And, you know, E-Rock and I always talk about, you know, giving people their flowers and, and being able to give that to them before it's too late. You know what I mean? So many times, it's, you know, we kind of appreciate people after the fact. So literally, like, everything that you've ever done, you've always been incredibly cool with me and cool to me. Like I said, I grew up listening to you and Trace, and, you know, you've always looked out. So everything that you've done, like, I just want to thank you for it, brother. No problem, man. You know, it's – I've always said it's it's always important to, to hand the torch to the next generation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To have that next generation come up and be inspired. You know, I'm inspired by you guys doing this podcast. Um I'm inspired by the smallest things and it's a great feeling when you know when people you know let me know that so thank you guys i appreciate that 100 man hey I, I mean you know and I, I know i speak for him too you know i mean it's like uh you know we uh we grew up listening to you you know i mean i said like you know like some of my biggest memories were you know when chewy and rosary used to give you shit about like you know your crush on chili from tlc yeah. you know and i got to give a special shout out to chewy and rosary and evan luck and rick evan chase luck. um alex mejia those are some of the people that believed in me when i was a teenager a freshman in high school who is this little kid at this radio station <laughs> you know what i mean like who is this kid i just wanted to i just wanted to work and learn yeah you know, and it was at a time where you really had to pay attention. There was no YouTube. Mm-hmm. You couldn't go to YouTube and learn how to do this and that. Nope. No. You had to really pay attention and soak up game like a sponge. And that's exactly what I did. And, you know, I'm here to give it to the next generation as well. That's amazing, brother. Well, thank you for that. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be here uh, today, you know, without, you know, a friends and a Chewy you know, uh, and Evan Luck and Alex Mejia, you know, yeah. and I, you know, and I, I want to make sure I echo that, you know, for years to come, you know, because uh, like, you know, I mean, this is, I mean, bro, think about it, man. I mean, I caught the Vegas bug coming out of here visiting you. Yeah. And what, 15 some odd years later, 16, 17 years later. I know you've done so many different events and clubs out here and different residencies, man. So congratulations to you I as know, well. I finally moved here. I know. After all that fucking time, <laughs> after all that time, yeah. you know, after and sleeping in those hotel rooms for all those years, you finally can sleep in your own bed. Oh my god! And there's no better feeling, no, no better feeling, no better feeling, no better feeling, man. But you know, to be able to share, like you know, those platforms, like you know, seeing the Franny billboard and then seeing an E Rock billboard, the down commercials the on the radio now that is every sweeper is that yeah. whole, that itself DJ president and DJ hey, we cover that but yo like, you, you know, know what's crazy about that every um, let's talk about that before we get out of here right. E-Rock being on a station um on Saturday and me being on Sunday some people will hit me in the middle of the week like you at the station right now because they hear my name <laughs> right. are you at the station I hear you I hear I hear your name yeah. like no nah, that's just you know a little promo for us right but it's good. It's good that people out there are actually still listening to radio, and they're yeah. still playing the promo. Like I said, I've been out here six months listening to the radio. That sweeper still plays at least every other song for yeah. the. It's continuous. Yeah, yeah. We got to shout out DJ. Yeah, Ayo. shout out to Ao. Ao for DJ putting Ayo. that play together. For sure. No doubt. That play came together. Well, first I, you know, I came to LA. Yep. You know, I was on another station. Then I went over to Real ninety two three. Then I was working with Ao on on a whole bunch of things. And Amen. And then, um, you know, AO had a play out here in Vegas that he was working on. He's like, yo, I'm, I'm working on something in Vegas. I'm, I'm probably going to be the program director at this new station out there. Well, it's a station they've had. Yeah. But he was like, yo, I think I'm going to take it over, yep. you know, fine tune some things, you know, but I want want to bring you and Franzen on. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, shit, you know, we can't do it without Franny. So, yeah, I'm all in. So I remember, though, it was during COVID. Yeah. Yeah, it was during COVID. I'll never we forget, were, E-Rock was like, man, I got something for us. <laughs> and I re, but I remember the phone call from AO. It was like, yo, I got to get Franny on the phone. All right, cool. I remember I threw with Franny. We're, we're doing conference calls and shit like that. And he's telling us, like, yo, I'm going to build this station around you, too. 
He said, I'm going to call y'all the kings of the city. So by the time that, like, literally, like, we're out of this shit, like, it's just going to be just, just crazy branded in people's heads. I'm like, I'm with that. Oh, and it is. I've never had that ever happen to me. You know, I'm with it. And then Franny was like, hell yeah, let's do it. You know, but it's crazy, man. That station has went from, I think it was like at like, what, like 30 or 25 or something like that. It's top 10. Yeah. It's top 10. Nah, I credit it. that to, 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 to this guy right here, though, because this guy, key of the city, you know what I'm saying? His face has been around here for, I mean, 21 years, you know? So, I mean, hey, to share that stage with you, my brother, like, yo, it, it, it's an honor and a privilege, you know? Crazy so, to say that I've been on a radio in Vegas going on 21 years. Yes. Too. Even though I took a little three, two, three-year hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> Bro. It's crazy to say that. That, yeah. That that play was just, wow. Yeah, Incredible. Both of y'all, man. That's, a, that's an amazing accomplishment. And like you said, big shout out to AO because, you know, like you said, he put that together. But that shit still rocks every day. It wasn't like a, hey, let's run this promo. Like, no. that is it. Like, it's... In you know, like every Kenya song was known as the People <laughs> Station. Wild was the Bay Area's party station. Real is literally the home of DJ Franzen and DJ E Rock. Like that's what the, that's what the yeah. fucking call it. Yeah, it's dope. Yeah. Crazy. I think we had a conversation about that uh, not too long ago. Just uh, it was uh, I, I I I hadn't seen you since I moved here, and I think I ran into you at Dre's. Uh huh. And I was like, damn, I get to hear that station, like you know, in my car. It's crazy. And you're like, yo, yeah. people people think that we're there twenty four seven. Yeah, people think we're at. People think I'm at that station every day. Like, like, give me a shout out. Yeah, I'm sure. listening to you right now. Next what are you week. talking about? Next week. Tune in what next did you week. hear? What did you hear? I heard your name. <laughs> was it my voice? No, but I heard your name. Oh, man. The, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing, real. man. It's a blessing. 100%, man. Well, Most keep, definitely. Keep going, brother. I mean, you ain't stopped it yet. So. Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> 100%. Well, we know, like I said, Palms is back open. So, uh, yeah. You know, Ooh, the man. crazy thing is you guys can remind me of some stories as well. Yeah. Just like you reminded me about that. That that moment with Aliyah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is there Crazy. anything that comes to mind before we get out of here? <sighs> Craziest shit There's you've seen in Vegas. Craziest shit oh, I've man. seen in Vegas. <sighs> I think one of my craziest experiences in Vegas is flying on that jet with Jay-Z back in 2003. Yeah. Knowing that I didn't have the key to my house. I couldn't get I couldn't get into my house. I didn't have no clothes. Like I had to wait till the next day till Gino got out here with my bag, with the keys to my house to get in my house. Um, you know, Jay was doing his concert in the Bay, and I'm with him backstage, and he's like, "Hop in." We hop in the Sprinter. I'm like, I don't even know where the fuck we're going right now. We're going to SFO. We pull up, Jets right there. I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna do? <laughs> I'm like, where are you going? He's like, we're going to Vegas. You live there, right? Yeah, yeah, I live there. All right, hop on the plane with us. I'm like, is it cool? He counted how many people. He's like, oh, man, we got room for more. I'm like, damn, my first time ever on a private jet, I'm not going to say no to Jay-Z. No. I had to do it. I had to do it. When I hopped on that plane, he had, he had uh, the garlic crab from Crustaceans, the garlic noodles. <laughs> wow. The Chris style. And... We got to Vegas. He's like, I'll get you a room tonight. Don't worry about that. The rest is history. Damn. That's definitely one of my craziest experiences. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. First man. time on a private jet. Wow. With Jay-Z. Right. First time ever. First time on a private jet and it's with Jay-Z. Right. Yeah, nah, that, that shit just doesn't happen to. Yeah. No. It's bless shit. Not at bless all. Yeah. Not at all. Franny, thank you. Uh, Appreciate thank you, guys. You as always, 100%, congratulations bro. on the on the podcast, nah, man. Th- congratulations, like I said, you, man, man, you're coming back. Oh yeah, most we, definitely. We have way too many stories that we that we have. What we need to do is grab all the OGs from the Bay Area, from Bay Area Radio. Yeah, and just we just one session. We'll just talk it out. Oh, we could do it. Trace, Chewy, love that. Oh, we could do it. Yeah, we 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 could even tap them in through technology here. Let's do which it, which is amazing. So. I'm with it. It's the Hotbox Podcast. Every single Tuesday, you can catch a new episode, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, where else are we available? Amazon Music. YouTube, Amazon Music. It's everywhere. Everywhere you consume podcasts, man. Trust me, we got you. We're always going to make sure that we take care of you. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we're going to have somebody else that's going to stop by and tell a lot of stories that you're going to want to hear right here. I, you know what it is. E-Rock, Box Kev, DJ Franzen. Woo! Appreciate y'all. Well, well. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> <laughs>